welcome back to the Film Realcast. Another week, another film. What film are we going to do? I can't do any film, obviously, without my lovely, lovely co-host. It's Neil. How are you doing? Oh, hello, Stu. I'm, I'm good, mate. Thanks. Yeah, I'm good. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's good to hear. We're doing another film, as I say, and it's a bit different to what we usually do. It's not like a mainstream film or anything like that. We're doing 2016 I Am Raph starring John Travolta and Christopher Maloney. And this is a revenge film. The reason why we're doing this film is because neither of us had seen it. And if you listened to last week's pod, we spoke about it very briefly then. And it's an hour and a half long. It's currently showing on Amazon Prime. So it was just something different to watch. Normally, we've all seen a film. We'll choose a film we like and we'll kind of fight its corner against (laughs) everyone else ripping the arse out of it, won't we? Generally, that's how it works. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Exactly. So we thought we'd just do something different. And this is a revenge film. And it, it's got mixed reviews just going through it. And it, it isn't going to tax anyone's brain. It's basically Stanley Hill, played by John Travolta, opens a can of brutal vengeance on thugs who murders his wife, Rebecca de Moray, um, who are supported by corrupt cops who are protecting him. That is basically it. That is the film. We could actually yeah. end the podcast there and say best bits <laughs> and worst bits, couldn't we? Possibly. We probably could, to be fair. There's a little bit more to it, but <laughs> just about. But this film didn't really kind of rip up any trees or anything like that. It, it, it wasn't. It didn't get a great response. I think it's kind of reviews around about forty-five percent, fifty percent. It didn't score particularly high, and I think this could have gone in a completely different direction. Um, had they chosen to do that. I mean, it's been directed by Chuck Russell, who really hasn't got many hits behind him um, Mm -hmm. that you could name. I mean, he's been the director. um, The Mask, he wasn't the main director of that. Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, The Blob. And so that kind of speaks volumes, really. But this is, they kind of start this mainly about the violence, how society is out of control and it shows a news report doesn't it as the credits open yeah of various people being murdered and some of it admittedly it's pretty hard hitting because it appears to be real people being just shot down in shops and stuff doesn't it well that's the thing i think this is all footage isn't it from things that have been captured and it is brutal you actually get see people being shot and pistol whipped and run over and dragged i was watching it thinking bloody hell you know this is yeah it's a bit intense isn't it really yeah that's that, i was looking just to see how much is real and how much isn't i mean there, there's one part on there when they do go and show like the, the main baddie at the end who shoots the cctv camera at the shop um yeah. which is kind of set up as a demonstration of people being protected but yeah majority is innocent members of the public who are just being gunned down either they're working in shops or it's in the street and it's quite hard hitting and, and it just kind of builds on um the violence in the street which is out of control and that leads us um to kind of well i'd say that the main baddie did you guess i mean jesus this is this is the template of so many other films isn't it <laughs> yeah it really it's, a, it's a copy and paste from numerous other revenge films isn't it you know it's it was fairly obvious on it that um the governor played by patrick St. Esprite is um he's the bad guy isn't he you know it's so yeah it's so obvious from the beginning it's it didn't come to a shock uh, later on in the film 
like oh my god no. it's him he's behind it all <laughs> you know yeah they ticked the boxes didn't they there was oh, a film yeah. i can't i can't remember what film it is now and about the governor um saying i'll take that to the bank and some guy who gets kind of amnesia and there's like there is a governor in there and he i, I think actually i think it's that film with tom cruise it no, might probably. be that uh yeah but um and it kind of there's a governor who's a baddie and you don't know who it is but it's only the slogan that his catchphrase that he says that kind of catches him out and this kind of mirrors that template um i think it's like the one with the precogs i can't remember what that's called now but yeah it, yeah because yeah, it, it mirrors that and you instantly know he's the baddie and they whether they try and hide that i don't know whether they actually do try and hide it or whether they're just not clever enough to hide it but from there it, it goes really really fast which i'm quite relieved about especially the film's an hour and a half but it then goes to john travolta um and his family and you see that the governor is talking about um taking crime off the streets and things like that and he's got his own projects that he's financing that he's in charge of and then it shows John Travolta's wife, Vivian. Unbelievably, I didn't recognise her, played by Rebecca DeMore from The Hand at Rocks the Cradle. Yeah, Did I did not recognise her at all. No, I didn't either, to be honest. No, she at looks all. completely different. She still looks very. really, really good, don't get me yeah. wrong. But attractive I didn't recognise her. As, she's a very attractive lady, yeah. She plays Vivian, as you said. And John Travolta meets her at the airport. And you, they kind of paint the picture without any words at all that they're a very close family they obviously got their daughter abby and they're nice tight-knit people and she's talking about her job and he's talking about his and how successful and plans for the future and anytime as we know on this podcast if people talk about their futures one of them is gonna die because they tick that dreaded box haven't they but they have indeed but i have to be i have to talk about his hair that's what i want to talk about his hair and his face it's... what's going on it's the <laughs> tightest weave it is um, the wig what is that all about it's amazing it is as soon as i saw him i was just like you know that scene in the original terminator where he's taking yeah. his eyeball out that's what i in the yes sink. that is it i thought have they just used that for him in this film because that's exactly how what he looks like he's Poor bloke, he's that clearly had a lot of work done. He's clearly had a lot of work done, but Jesus, that wig is not fooling anyone. That, do you know, that is unbelievable. I was, <laughs> when I saw his face, especially later on, like after this, when he gets cut, um, <laughs> this obviously will contain spoilers, it will contain mild language, um, exactly the same <laughs> as every other podcast we do. When he gets cut on the head and he's got that blood, he's clearly got latex on his face yeah. and his face looks fucked. And it looks like, and I was trying to think, where have I seen his face before? And it reminded me of Robocop when he takes his mask off. (laughs) When it's all stretched. But you've got it. That Terminator, when he looks in the mirror, that is it, 100%. It is, isn't it? With his fucked up hair and face. It's (laughs) terrible. Oh, it it just sort of took away from the film, didn't it? Because all you end up doing is looking at his hairline. Yeah, and I had to watch the film twice because I missed all the dialogue because I was looking at his hair. <laughs> it's absolutely messed up. It really, really is. But yeah. You've got to see it to believe it, people. And it gets worse through this. The more makeup, the more bruises he gets. 
the yeah. more freaky looks. It looks like he's wearing a constant Michael Myers mask. It does. It? That's another one. His hair is Michael Myers, actually, isn't it? Yeah. That's a yeah. very good point. Yeah. It's amazing. And they're in the airport car park. And this guy walks up to him. He's got this tattoo just below his um, right eye. And he asks him for change. And he's just... He gets kind of shunned away by John Travolta straight away. He tells his wife to get in the car. Excuse me, man. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm late for my flight. I got my kid waiting in the lobby. Just need three more bucks for my ticket. But not, not today. Come on, man. She's about to give it to me. You get, get in the car. Not today. For real? For real. Seriously? Seriously. Just, just back off, okay? And he gets smacked on the head, unsuspected by someone else. And it's pretty brutal, pretty graphic. And you don't know why as a viewer. And the wife gets stabbed. Just kind of unprovoked attack. And I was kind of quite surprised just how brutal. I didn't expect Mm. her to show a slow motion of his arm going down right into her chest and spit going over her face and just stabbing her. Then they kick crap out of John Travolta. And I didn't think it would go this direction that quick and it's only seven minutes into the film when she's been murdered yeah no it is brutal the, the violence in this film is is up there isn't it and sort of the, the graphic way they portray it definitely yeah yeah but i kind of and that's instantly soon as he got that blood on his face it's like they'll fix you they'll fix they fix everything just like a <laughs> fucking robocop saying it's just it's just face instantly is weird and it's yeah. a shame because i like john travolta i mean saturday night fever and his career obviously came back with pulp fiction and he's a good actor and it's just again it's like the other films we've done these are good actors in a, a trash film really i mean christopher maloney he's been in some amazing things and he's got so much character he saves this film oh big time Big time. I was going to say, I, I actually prefer Christopher Maloney in this to John Travolta. 100%. 100%. He's, yeah. He's so much more believable and just he plays it better. I don't, I don't know what it is about John's performance. It just doesn't. I don't know if, if he believed in the film that he was doing or I don't know. I just I found it quite a strange sort of performance yeah. by him, to be honest. Um yeah, it wasn't particularly believable. Bless him. No, it's almost as if they kind of, even he's aware of their ticking the boxes and this is a, mm. just a standard revenge film. Because even when you get Detective Gibson and his colleague Detective Walker, you instantly know these two are baddies. They've got an agenda. Yeah. And it's it just, it's bad. I don't know, again, is it bad acting? Is it bad writing? Is it that we watch so many films and... We just know this now, or is it all of it? I honestly don't know. I think it's a bit of all of it, to be honest. <clears throat> I mean, this this film is just very obvious, isn't it? I mean, the fact that the coppers are saying to John Travolta, you know, oh, you had blood in your eyes, you couldn't have seen him, and all this sort of thing, and basically being complete dicks about it from the start. Yeah. And, you know, it is, it is a tired film, isn't it? Even though it's brand new, it's the same old cliches, and unfortunately... You know, John Travolta's performance crying in the office just wasn't believable. And like you no. say, all you, all you can see is his hair. And 
yeah, it's it's just it's a shame really because you know I think the writing does let it down because it is so obvious, like you said. Yeah, it felt a very old film. It didn't feel mm. a 2016 film that no. this was like an original idea. And even when, I mean, obviously we know what the film's called, but when he has the conversation with the like the priest at the, his wife's at Vivian's funeral, mm. I mean, the conversation he has, you know what it's building up to, um, being I am wrath and vengeance and things like that. And what he's talking about, not interested. It's, it's just so much foreshadow that, that they give you and it's again i think it's down to the writing and travolta isn't giving a good performance is he no he's not it's it's not a good performance from him at all it's i don't know it's just i think is he is he too tired for this is he too old for this type of film now you know know, it's just it's really weird I, I kind of on the like the viewing today when I watched it, I kind of thought when he's with um, Chris Maloney, he's mm. really good and I like yeah. him. It's almost as if Maloney brings the best out of him. And if these two teamed up in a buddy cop film like Lethal Weapon kind of style, yeah, I think it would really work. I think it, they they kind of bounce off each other, they play off each other really really well. Definitely. But in this setting when it's, it's kind of the main driver that like protagonist is meant to be John Travolta. It just, it, it isn't working. It's like, he can't be fucking asked. And the only time he's believable is when he's grieving because it looks like he's grieving about being in this film rather than his the death of his wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with you to be honest, but I, I do, I do agree completely with when the two of them on the screen together, the comedy element comes out, doesn't it? And it yes. is, it is enjoyable, but yeah, every other part of it just feels like you said before, it's ticking the boxes, right? We need to do this bit now. Uh, let's just get it done. And it's, it all just seems very wooden and like people aren't particularly interested, but maybe that yeah. is the writing. I don't know, but it, it just doesn't Yeah, it's work. tricky, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. And, and it's quite funny because the vicar obviously said to him, you need to have faith and it will help you even if you don't realise it's helping you. And he gives him that Bible and the rosary beads. Mm. And it's when he's in the his room on his own and he throws the Bible on the oh, floor don't. and it opens up on his page. <laughs> and then he looks at it and it even highlights the words as if it's come yeah. from God. And yeah. it's a miracle. It says, but I am full of the wrath of the Lord and oh. I cannot hold it in. Oh, and no. the fact that it's highlighted like a miracle. All they needed was like hallelujah music played, you yeah. know, or like Blues Brothers. And he starts doing flips. Yeah. A light coming out just uh, down onto it <laughs> and some oh, music or something like that. Yeah. It was just, a mission from God. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I did roll my eyes. I, really, I was like, oh, no. Is that how they're shoehorning this yeah. film, name of the film into it and how he gets decides that he's going to go around killing people? Divine intervention. That's yeah. what it is. It's amazing. Yeah. And then it's a miracle. Again, we get another miracle as in how these two police officers keep their jobs. And it's this is where I'm glad it's an hour and a half. But because it's an hour and a half, it suffers so much. Yeah. The lineup and what comes from it when they have the lineup they're both sitting there like looking really guilty 
obviously the guy who stabbed his wife comes in and he said it's like a bat he said it's a mark but it turns out to be a fly on his eye but he positively identifies him and yes that's a give me he's been identified but because he can't be proven the geezer just walks away without arrest without any questioning or any investigation and the excuses they give him are so weak. It's oh, no. it's just beyond belief that there's no investigation into this of somebody who's been positively ID'd in a murder. What happened? Why did you let him go? Keep your voice no, down. No, no, keep your voice down. Don't make it worse. Mr. Worse, Mr. worse. Mr. What could be worse than the man who killed my wife who walks out here like it's a joke, like it's nothing? Even if we bring him back, it's not going to help your case. Okay. How will I help my case? Tell me. Time. Time. These types don't live long. He'll OD. He'll get himself killed. Oh, Jesus Christ. You want me to go home and hope that he dies. Is that it? <laughs> it's like, surely you turn around and say, uh, I'd like to speak to your supervisor, please. And yeah. take this further. But he's just like, OK, I'm pissed off about it. I'm going to walk away now. You know? I know. It's brilliant. It's like, yeah, we know he did it. But don't worry. He'll, he'll kill. Like He'll get himself killed at some point. So yeah. I'll see you later on then. It's so, it's just unbelievably poorly written just to oh, be dealt with quickly. Yeah, definitely. Completely agree. Yeah, it's just comical. And that's when kind of things get going that we suddenly find out that kind of this has lit the fire, that he's got vengeance in there and that he goes to see his old friend, Dennis, as we've spoken about, um, the brilliant Christopher Maloney. And we soon learn that unsurprisingly which i should have known that they were both been special ops yeah. and just the usual boxes that are ticked that they're off the radar there's no record of them and they're ghosts and all the usual words that you use <laughs> isn't it it is yeah. i just love the fact that he goes to a random place and smashes a really badly plastered wall to get his guns out yeah. and then he pops off to the barbers which is mate runs who's his ex special ops buddy and yeah it is so cliche isn't it it's just like, oh that's that's a nice original idea not exactly it was like a john wick idea wasn't it the yeah. fact that he's got the guns at home plastered behind the wall what's he doing with those guns but hidden <laughs> behind the wall anyway well that's the thing it's just you know he's clearly given up that job and he's now working in the motor industry isn't he and he went for a job interview that's where he was coming back from wasn't he on the plane at the very beginning that's and right he, with honda yeah yeah and he thought it was going to be hopeful and all this sort of stuff but yeah uh, just in case i need my guns i'm going to hide them behind a wall in another place you know it just and with all his fake passports and everything else and it's it's so tropey isn't it? it is i mean you wouldn't have all that shit left would you if you've left they're not going to turn around and say yeah you can keep all your fake passports yeah they'd be expired it. anyway exactly it's just you know it's it's bad it's it's lazy isn't it it's, yeah it is just lazy really you always wonder why when they kind of they sit down reading the script that these things aren't challenged when he says look it's i love the idea i love the concept of that that he gets the weapons but how about it's wrong and it doesn't make sense and if we do go this direction they never yeah. seem to be challenged do they these stupid ideas that play out the tropes yeah that's the thing surely someone looking at how films are going 
recently and sort of hits and stuff like that, they'd look at it and go, God, you know what? I think this has been done before. Should we try something different? <laughs> and yeah, then, you know, this has been done 10 times before in the last yeah. year. Or should we hide the guns behind a wall with a load of other stuff? Yeah, that's a really good idea. Has that done been done before? You know, it's like, it's not rocket yeah. science, is it? It really isn't. That is brilliant. And, all, all they needed was a currency of like gold coins to really like tickle the John Wick boxes yeah, and for his dog to die as well as his wife. Yeah, some cougarans lying around or something. <laughs> it would have been amazing. It would have been. And also, it? they've always got a friend who knows someone who can get a police file. <laughs> and the fact that they can print it off and put it in a file themselves. Mm. as if they've walked into a police station and got it anyway it's so yeah. funny it's it's bollocks isn't it it really is it's 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 fun it's fun i can't say it isn't fun and their relationship is clearly very good and they play yeah. the, the relationship very well which does save this film but all the elements around it just don't work and you just sit there going of course it's it's that isn't it of course yeah, and you're completely yeah. right. Why would he have an actual police file? Like someone's just gone out and said, here you go, mate, here's that file that I printed off and put in an actual folder from the police station. Just I've so actually put my name on it as well. So if you just want to drop it on the be- back of the desk when you're done with it and just say, give this back to yeah. police or, the, you know, it's just... It's, it's brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? It's rubbish. Yeah, it, it's so much fun. But I, I think because... I'm kind of with it still because mm. the, the trope of it is entertaining yeah. of how far it can go. And I think John Travolta, the way he looks, is very entertaining. And, and I love the, the Chris Maloney kind of chemistry they've got. So it's not a case of like other films we've reviewed where you think I'm doing this for the uh, podcast, I would have turned it off. I, I still would have watched this, to be honest, because it's mildly entertaining even though you know where it's going to go maybe it will surprise you down the line and it's it's not going to just going to be a trope of tropes you know yeah but and it, it obviously fucking disappointed it, it was yeah but, you, you were disappointed it's just yeah. yeah well we've sort of covered it haven't we but it's just that you know I, there's some really good elements to this film but there's more bad elements than there are good i'd say yeah yeah, and I think it, it, it starts to get going. I mean, on the way back, it's really eating at John Travolta of the vengeance that he wants, that the injustice that's been done against Vivian. So he, after he's met with Dennis and he knows where these people are, that he goes after the first one in a bar. And he goes to take him out and he's chased out the back of the bar. And it, it's a kind of, it's a bit of a clusterfuck, really. And he doesn't do a very good job. And thankfully, Dennis is there to help him and not back him up. And they get, he doesn't realise, considering they're special ops, they're meant to be extremely good at what they do. They take out this baddie, but there's one of the other guys has taken their picture. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> like in every film. And have you seen, um, what's that film with Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, with uh, Michael Pena, oh, where God. they're both cops? Oh, I can't remember no, now. I haven't oh, seen God. that. No. My mind is going. We've got a podcast of it, and... Um, it's absolutely brilliant. It really, really is good. I'm gonna, I'll keep talking and uh, I'll find out what that film is because we've done that. And <laughs> the baddie in that is it? There's like um, a big evil. He's the baddie in it, and in this film, and he really reminds me of that. He's a tropey drug dealer, and yeah. he's in with the police. And you find out that 
he's got leverage on the governor's son because he was at a party and some girl overdosed and he's got a video of that so he couldn't put pressure on the governor um who as you said earlier is patrick st esprit the governor oh god i can't even pronounce his surname now Reserve. <laughs> Reserve, that yeah. Will do. <clears throat> yeah so he's got a video of his son um dealing with a girl who's overdosed um which is no big deal because his son didn't cause the overdose. So no. I know he's obviously involved in drugs, but I have to turn around and just said, fair enough, release it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'll What's the problem? I'll yeah, my son went to a party. Yeah, and some I mean, girl overdosed. You could, overdosed you could spin there. it completely, couldn't you? You could spin that saying, yeah, he was there and, you know, because he just went to a party and then a girl overdosed and he tried to save her life, you know. But it just goes to show how rife crime is that we're fighting and stuff, you know, which is his whole premise, isn't it? That, you know, crime's rife, but they're winning. And all this. so I can't see how it wouldn't have played into his hands slightly. If yes, you see what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. It's called yeah. End of Watch is that film, mate. End of Watch. We've right. got the podcast. Check that out. It's brilliant. Amazing film. Honestly, I that scored okay. five out of five. It's such a good film. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. End of Watch. Brilliant film. Um, yeah, so we learned that the the cops are in his kind of pocket because of this video, and the governor is in his pocket as well because of the blackmail. So it's in all of their interests to take out John Travolta, and when they learn of his kind of he's helping him to take out um, Chris Maloney as well, who plays Dennis, uh, because obviously they're a bit of a fly in their ointment and taking down their drugs empire. Yeah. And again. When he goes to see Chris Maloney, he just, again, it's like the Matrix. I need some guns. I need some weapons. And <laughs> underneath, his, he's got like a back cave of a firing range and every weapon known to man underneath the barber's shop. And it's like, if John Travolta wouldn't have come around, what would he have done with all of these weapons? I mean, is he a gun runner? There's no mention of that. Or is he one of those people who thinks it's going to be the apocalypse and I need loads of weapons? I think it is probably the latter. He's clearly some fucking nut job, isn't he? He still thinks he's in the special ops and he's got his computer down there and his firing range and all these ridiculous guns. And oh, it's just, I just love the fact it's underneath his barber shop, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I love. It's, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to pop down to the cellar. No one will hear me cracking out a load of bullets. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's so believable, isn't it? Oh, it really it's, is. It's just, yeah. I would say I'll check my barber shop, but I haven't got any hair, so I'm not <laughs> able to do that. So it goes to the next one as John Travolta starts to take these people out one by one. Again, this is down. This is poor acting and it's poor writing as well. When he goes to see the guy, um, he wants the one who with the tattoo, the one who actually stabbed his wife. And when he goes to see him, he's he knows his name's Charlie. So he's talking, he's saying my daughter got uh, a tattoo here and the tattooist is the best one in town. And Charlie had one by him. Do you know Charlie? And the way it's acted and the way he tries to get the information as well is shockingly poor, isn't it? And the way the guy's texting Charlie saying there's someone here for you as a cop. And it's just it's a shit scene. It is terrible scene. And another guy, Charlie something or something. Nah. You know, I'm probably too overprotective. I mean, maybe if I 
met them or I spent some time with them, maybe I'd feel differently, but, well, we've had a falling out over that. Ah, but she's old enough to choose her own friends, you know? So how long are you on this Surely place? you just go in there and say, tell me where he is or I'll fucking kill you. Or, yes. or whatever, you know, instead of this tropey, I'll talk around it and stuff and I'll let you give me a humongous tattoo on my back. Which That's what I wanted says, to talk about. He's getting a whole rough. back piece on his back. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? it How James, long was he there I waiting? Rat. I mean, that's a massive piece. That's going to take hours. <laughs> it's not just going to be a five-minute job. Oh, yeah, you want that massive back piece. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, give us ten minutes. It's, it's so good, isn't it? <laughs> and he's doing it, and then I think it's Lars who is the one he's after. He comes in and he says, yeah, I'll take over. And he's literally there for like five seconds. And he goes, yep, all finished. <laughs> oh, no. oh, God, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, he's got a whole... And he's, he manages to have a fight with a whole back piece tattoo on his back, which yeah. is incredible in itself when there's no blood whatsoever. Yeah, no, he's all good. He's absolutely fine. He's not wincing at all going... That bloody stings that. But there you go. It's funny. Yeah. It's really funny. And Travolta takes Lars out and uh, he takes his drugs as well. And meanwhile, while that's going on, and I must admit, when I watched this, I did think um, that Chris Maloney possibly might die because his alarm yes. goes off at his um, barber's shop. And he's got um, the guy with the, I think it's Charlie, the one with the tattoo by his eye, the one who's stabbed Vivian, and three of his henchmen there. But Chris Maloney takes them all out, and I really love the way he takes them out. His action is believable. The choreography is oh. good. It's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, like I said, I, I much prefer him to John Travolta. Uh, if he was the lead in this, it would have been a much better, more believable film, in, yeah. my, in my opinion, because he does the whole acting and and the, the fighting stuff and everything else. It, it was super. I really enjoyed this scene. I thought it was fantastic how he took them all out. And when he gets that baseball bat around his ankle or across his shin, doesn't he? And it hurts him. Yeah. And he's just after he's like, you fucking hell that hurt. You know, yeah. it was, it's it brilliant, was genius. Isn't it? it was really funny, but really well done. And yeah, I think I've got no issue with him whatsoever in this film, his character. I thought it was. Yeah. I think it would have been well much better if they would just swap roles around, wouldn't it? It would have been so much better. Hugely, hugely. Just, I guess John Travolta's the name though, isn't he? So they yes, wanted to build yeah. a big name to get people in seats. But I'll, I'll be honest, do I have I ever wanted to see John Travolta in this type of role? No. You know, the last time I saw yeah. anything like this um, was in that film with Halle Berry and stuff years and years ago where he's a terrorist. And uh, that's What's, really um, Swordfish. Now. Swordfish. Sword. Yeah. Yeah. But I I have no desire to see really see John Travolta as this badass going around kicking ass. It it, it yeah, doesn't he, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, no, he I don't know what you mean. It's um yeah, it, it's not great and it's surprising just how poorly he does it when he could do it so so well. But again, it's 
it's great that uh, Maloney, I like the fact that he gets all the dead people, the dead henchmen, puts them in a car, <laughs> takes them to a breaker's yard, and you actually see them getting squashed in that machine. Yeah. He just gives a thumbs up to his mate. He's like, thanks for that. Yeah, cheers, mate. It's so funny. <laughs> it is good. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. And again, you get Travolta. They didn't need this scene, if you ask me. When he goes back to church and he sees that same priest and he's talking about his sins and all the people he's killed yeah. and he's looking for redemption. And, and I don't know where they were trying to play he was at mentally uh, and what he was actually asking for, like whether he was asking for forgiveness or whether he's blaming himself for his wife dying. I, I don't know what the message was that he was trying to get across. I don't know. I think it was trying to add sort of that how much he loved her and how much he missed her and stuff like that. But it's fairly obvious considering he's going around killing everyone that killed her. So I can I see what they were trying to do, but you're right. It just wasn't necessary, was it at all? And when he starts praying in the church and crying and stuff yeah. about everyone he's killed and saying, I've done some horrendous things and stuff like that. Like, why are you doing that now? You know, you do yeah. it after you finish the job, wouldn't you? Because you're like, exactly. let's just get this or, done. Yes. Or if he would have done that beforehand, that he was at a real dilemma. Mm. And he said to the the priest that, I've got look like a bit of a Liam Neeson. I've got the tools. I've got the skills. I've done this before, yeah. and I want to kill everyone. And yeah. I'm going to kind of fucking go medieval on every single person. And if the vicar was like, "No, don't do it. Um, believe in the God and stuff like that," and then he was like, "Now nah, bollocks, I'm going to go and do it and kick ass." Yeah, that would have been better. But definitely halfway through a film when he's got every intention of killing everyone to suddenly feel guilty about it. Well, yeah, considering he's already killed a few people, you know. Yeah. And now to turn around, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's strange, isn't it? It was shoehorned and also, in, I think. Yeah, for a bit of feeling and sentiment, which yeah, was lost. Definitely. But when they try and take out his daughter, um, and when they try and take out Abby and Abby's um, husband, it's really strange the, because they're clearing stuff out of the house. She sees the guns, sees the bullets and the files of the people who killed um, her mum. So she knows that John Travolta was kind of up to his neck in plotting something. And as they pull off the drive, you get Charlie and the other guys come by and they shoot with the vehicle and they shoot the boyfriend. And John Travolta pulls up quickly. And the boyfriend, his reaction to being shot is one of really calm and yeah. as if he's been shot before. When he goes, are you OK? You Get a towel. I put a towel on. It's bleeding. He goes, don't worry. I'm all right. I'm all right. It's like, yeah, no, this isn't a reaction of someone. It's not panicking. It's a weird reaction. It is. It, I can't imagine from the look of him, and I, I shouldn't judge by looks, but he doesn't look like the type of person that goes around having fights and getting shot and badly injured on a regular basis. So, no. yeah, for him to be like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I've just been shot at by loads of people. I've crashed into a tree and it's gone all the way through, but I'm all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it, it's, it was it's bizarre, isn't it? It was really, bad. really bizarre. Yeah. But we kind of get in set up for the next scene where you get the leader of the gang. Um, he calls, uh, I forget the guy with the tattoo. I, I think his name's Charlie. Fuck it. it yeah, it's Charlie. It's Charlie. Um, yeah. He calls him up and he wants his drugs, the drugs that John Travolta's got. And he's basically saying that if you don't give these drugs, I'm going to take it out on you. 
And it sets up a scene where John Travolta texts him and basically says, do you want your shipment? Are you missing it? We'll come meet you in a club. And I quite like the way this played out. It played out differently to the way I thought it was because they do go to a club and they've kind of, they're observing him and they're watching him, both him and Dennis are at this nightclub and they see him arrive and they're there already. But, and they're up in the VIP area and he's sitting there very nervous because he, um, Charlie doesn't know that it's John Travolta who's setting him up and it could be anyone. And when he's sitting there and he's got this other gang member looking at him and it puts him <laughs> on edge, I yeah. thought they were both going to take each other out. Did you? I did think there was going to be an element of that. There was just a bit of um, blustering, really, wasn't there? They both showed each other their guns and then they sort of. It, it sort of went away, didn't it? It was. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought... I did. I did like the bit, though, where um, uh, Christopher Maloney was sat at the bar and that really attractive blonde woman came up to him. And you could just see on his face, oh, for God's sake, any, any yeah. night, any night, <laughs> I'll be well up for this, but I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. No. I gotta take care of some business tonight. Business. Call me. <laughs> that was the best bit about this. Just him going, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It was so fucking hot. And now yeah. I've got a. You bastards. Oh, back you, know. you up. Yeah. But I thought it would have been nice. It would have been a real clever touch and showed a bit of intelligence, a bit of class. If they would have both taken each other out, both of these gang members, and they would have walked away, and there would have been no fingerprints on John Travolta whatsoever. And it seems strange that Travolta walked in and started opening fire oh, and shooting everyone. It, it kind of ruined it, really. It took me out of the moment, really, of why he did it. And I know it leads up to the fact that he says, you're not, you're doing this for someone else. And he's, even though he doesn't say it, but Charlie virtually says to him, if I tell you I'm dead, which obviously says, yeah, there is another fucking ringleader. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I, it, it was obvious that this is how it was like the conversation was going to go. But the fact that they just go in there and start shooting up the club is just odd. It's such a strange play, isn't it? Yeah. Just like at the end of the day, you don't want to bring attention to yourself. You know, you could have gone in there, taken him away somewhere and had this conversation and beat the shit out of him. But instead, they decide to just shoot up a club, meaning the police were going to be all over it and all this type of stuff. And it's just it, it was a very odd decision to make because they're not, you know, they're not gangsters or anything like that. They're just people trying to get information and kill the people that have obviously got. But it just it seemed very odd for me. I'm not saying yeah. it was badly played out because it was actually quite a good scene, but it was just a very odd scene. Yeah, it didn't go the way that it's as if they kind of set it up to go one way, then it went another way. I don't know whether that was by chance, by luck, or kind of or skill. I honestly don't know. But as you said, it was pretty good. And from there, it kind of you get massive foreshadow. They may as well bring it up and break the fourth wall and tell you what's going to happen because John Travolta was going through some of Vivian's paperwork, yeah. and and he sees a fire which has eighty two percent chance of water contamination. And then for our stupid audience here. It shows a flashback of uh, the governor talking about him building a water supply, a water pipe, and obviously he's funded it. We'll get rich from it. Yeah. And that's when the penny drops 
that he possibly could be Mr. Big. And it's <laughs> it's yeah. very weak. This has been done so many times, yeah. but yeah, it had to happen. And it does build the tension because while he's looking at this at his own place, um, the, the baddie of the gang, the Mr. Evil, kicks down his daughter's door and uh, the babysitter, bless her, sort of tries to do something heroic, ends up getting shot and killed. Which just like, whoa, you're not getting paid enough for this, whoever well, you are. The thing with this is, it's absolute. I I really had a lot of issues. One, I didn't know who this girl was at all. And then, you know, you've got loads of, you've got two blokes in the house with guns and stuff like that. And then the mum decides to pick up a massive knife. You know when all they want yeah. is the, the dad to get there, which she's going to do anyway. Yeah. And this poor girl trying to, you know, just get shot because the mum decides to be some sort of fucking hero. Yeah. It was a needless death. Oh, hundred percent agree with you. hundred percent. It was really strange. And the fact that again, her, whether it was her babysitter, the best mate of hers, I honestly don't know. Cause she, she's not on screen alive long enough. But she doesn't show any remorse for whoever this woman is getting shot at point blank range. It's really strange, isn't it? It's 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 really bad. It's just terrible. It's just you would never do that in a million years, would you? I don't care. He at the end of the day, she just a whether it's the husband or the wife or whatever. You are not going to pick up a knife and attack one while the other guy's got a knife to your gun pointed at your son. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's weird. It's awful. And like you're completely right. At no point throughout the rest of this film leading up to the end, does anyone ever turn around and say, God, it's really sad that the babysitter died, wasn't it? That we had a victim in that in this. It's yeah. like it's just completely written off. It's like, oh, we don't really care who she is. She's dead anyway. You know, it's, it's poor. Yeah. It, it, it's like they, they do stuff for impact value. Mm. But they don't think about the, the kind of the, the ripple effect and like the viewer of what's what they they don't. It's not like a loaded incident where this happened. That this is the fallout. It's just they do it and you think, well, why'd she do that? Because there's no payoff for it. No, no. why you do it. it. It's bizarre. But nevertheless, John Travolta does go there. And he does get, um, thankfully, as usual, to back him up and to back him out. Dennis comes along and Dennis saves his bacon. He's got a gun. The baddie's got a gun to his daughter's head. And of course, he's not going to pull the trigger. Of course, he's not going to die. Neither is his grandson. And Dennis takes him out with a sniper rifle out the back. But takes a bullet himself. But he's absolutely fine because bullets don't hurt heroes in this film. And just when he's about to get the information and you think he's going to say the famous favourite words of Governor Masurb, that's who the baddie is. But then, oh, no, they try and up the ante even more. Detective Gibson walks in, backed up by stupid Detective Walker, and he shoots the guy in the head so he can't say who it is. And it's I did not know where it's going to go from here. And I'm glad they resolved this without much conversation that he's going to take John Travolta out. And he's going to frame him. And then the other detective walks in as backup. And he says, well, I brought my own backup. And I did like that. And I did like the fact that Dennis walks in. Maloney walks in and spoils the party. 
And it's he is just like a breath of fresh air when he comes on yeah. screen, isn't he? Hugely, hugely, because all, all of this is so predictable. But then obviously, not only just comes in and kicks ass as always, yeah. and just you know, and does it in a really sort of fun way. Yeah, he just smacks a detective around the head with a gun and just points his own gun at his colleague, and then just laughs about it. And then locks him in the boot of his car. And that's when they're on their way to the governor's house. And you know that it's going to be like a a showdown of some sort and something's going to happen. And I was, again, I wasn't surprised the way it ended. I mean, I like the fact that both detectives were in the car and Mm. one of them um, was handcuffed to the steering wheel. It was Detective Gibson, who is kind of like the ringleader of the, the worst of the bad cops, really. And, I like the fact he gets blown up and that John Travolta goes in the house, even though he gets shot in the back with a shotgun and he's still fine. He gets smashed in the face with a shotgun. He still manages to have a pretty good fight with um, the governor, doesn't he? It's not bad, to be honest. No, it's not a bad fight with the governor. I mean, it's just, it's just weird, isn't it? That they could like, they just miss out all the henchmen that he kills on the way there. Cause it's, it's got loads of security all around the place doesn't it yeah and they they just sort of scoot past that because the two detectives are in the car and i think that's the funniest bit about it is the fact that two detectives are in the car which then he sets on fire doesn't he and it blows up but no one hears the explosion no it's It's absolutely fine it's like oh what was that is it it wasn't like (laughs) It's a house made of completely soundproof bricks and mortar and everything else. It just, you know, no one reacts to it at all. But the, yeah, I think the fight between him and the governor is not too bad. It's no, it's you knew not, how it was going to end, but yeah, it, it's not a great deal of choreography, and you soon learn why getting him getting shot in the back with a shotgun that doesn't have any effects on him, and it's. Even though that she, his wife, the governor's wife, comes into the lounge when he's got a knife, the one that John Travolta had down his sock, shoved into his stomach. The fact he turns around and says, don't worry about it. I'm not going to hurt you. It's all right. It's all over. It's like, well, cheers for that. But my husband's on the floor with a knife sticking out of him and he's yeah. dying. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't think everything is all right. And then all of the police turn up and suddenly like the home guards turn up and <laughs> everyone's there for some reason. I basically sits in the governor's house, I suppose. And John Travolta gets all of these red dots on him and he walks out and there's, he looks like a defeated man. And I was honestly thinking that his mission's over and I yeah. thought it was a stupid ending. And as if it was to be like a righteous kill, as if he's going to go to heaven now because he said his prayers and all that other cobblers. But yeah. All of these red dots are on him and they, he lifts a shotgun and they all shoot him, don't they? And I honestly thought he was dead. Did you? Well, I did initially, and then it close shows in, and he's clearly got a bulletproof vest on, or something, because I don't quite understand it myself. But I think the funniest bit about this is when the governor's wife turns around and goes, "Who are you?" And he goes, "I am Wrath." Oh, oh God! Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he God. had to say the name of the film. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, 
Oh dear. Oh dear. But it's just hilarious. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I laughed so much when he said that. The way he said it was like, I'm a bit embarrassed about saying this, but (laughs) it's paid for a swimming pool, so I'm going to say it. Yeah, but no, yeah, because he's got his um, bulletproof vest on, hasn't he? So that's why he survives. He's obviously clearly injured due to the amount yes. of rounds that have been put into him. And whether I don't, I'm not a ballistics expert, but I don't know if a bulletproof vest would stop a actual sniper rifle bullet, which he's had several of them shot at him. But that's yeah. by the by. Um, but, but yeah, he I'm... took a risk on no headshots, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He did massively. You'd think, wouldn't you, they'd go aim for the noggin, but clearly not. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Especially the fact that he's lifting a shotgun that at least one person would think, fuck it, I'll have a headshot while I'm here, may as well, I can get away with it. Pop. Well, considering how many guns get fired, surprising that none of them accidentally hit him in the dome. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's funny, isn't it? There's so many. Just watching it now in slow-mo, he must get shot. Jesus. In excess, between 10 and 15 times he gets shot. Oh, easily, yeah. And there's no yeah. way that that thing, that vest would stop all those bullets. I'm not being funny. No, it's you know, it's, utter nonsense. It's, it's, it's rubbish. And then, thankfully, he is still alive, and he, he's in pretty good shape, to be honest, because he's been shot probably about 15 times on various kind of uh, ammunition. And he's in hospital. Uh, and they because he's obviously killed the governor and he's killed numerous people, uh, that no one can go and see him. But his wife, or his sorry, his daughter, breaks through and sees him and gives him a cuddle, and yeah. then followed by the detective, the bad detective. It's Detective Walker, who, even though his face is partially burnt, um, he still goes in that room and he's just about to kill him. And as usual, um, you got Dennis there. Maloney kills the guy, even though John Travolta's got a gun, and we learn that. His daughter, the Abby, came in and when she cuddled him, she gave him a gun because, again, she thought, even though we don't know it, that she thought that his life may still be at risk. It's there's no foreshadow for this. There's no explanation. <laughs> for this. It's always there. I know. It's so weird, isn't it? Why would yeah. you? I don't know. Why would you give him a gun? First off, it's, uh, I yeah. don't know. it's all very it, yeah, convenient, yeah. isn't it? And the fact Detective Walker's in there with a gun pointing at him and then that Dennis shoots him that no one comes in from outside reception that there's been shots fired in this room. Yeah. And then there's a body. I mean, he gets shot in the head and it's just no one does anything. I mean, everyone must be deaf in this film. There's blood all over the wall. And, but I do like the fact that, that uh, Maloney just laughs about it. And it just yeah. takes the piss. And he can get away with it because he's just got that way with him. Is, he can act. Yeah, he's cool, isn't he? He's a cool dude in this film. He's got the whole, his character down in this. And the fact he sort of jokes around with John Travolta saying, you know, I, I saved you yet again. And he's like, well, I had yeah. him. You did. Well, he's not looking that well. What were you thinking? I had him. Please. From where I'm sitting, he had me first. Me. No, I had him stand. And there's no need to thank me, but next time, do me a favor. Just hold your fire. Thank you for what? The rescue? 
to rescue. You're too late for a rescue. Really? Yeah. Really? What was it? What was your plan after you emptied your clip from a hospital bed? Are you gonna fight the cops off with your bedpan? He does definitely again save it. But you're completely That's right. Fair. I mean, I'm not being funny. Shots are fired, and then <laughs> what made me laugh about this as well is the fact that he turned around and before the officer went into the room they said oh he goes you got three minutes to go and get some coffee or something like that haven't you yeah and then they're talking for about three minutes yeah and then he and then when he turns um maloney turns around to john Travolta and says oh you got three minutes to get dressed so well hang on a minute that three minutes is up three minutes ago <laughs> it's like yeah it's priceless, the isn't it? Yeah. They just don't yeah, think about it. things. It's just so disappointing. <laughs> it's just convenience, isn't it? And it, yeah. they do escape. And then uh, it ends with Abby getting a, a postcard. I think it's from San Paolo, something like that. They both yeah. run away together. And that they're, they're living on the money that they've, the drugs money that they've stolen and happily ever after and it's just a nice cheesy corny tropey ending because uh, the baddies have been taken down but it's they're going to be hunted down for the rest of their lives i mean as far as anyone else is aware that they've killed a governor a state governor and police officers so yeah. it's not going to be peaceful they're going to be looking over their shoulders for the rest of their lives oh massively no it's yeah, they're going to be where they are forever and hoping that they don't get caught and extradited back to America. You know, it's. Yeah, but that yeah. doesn't matter, does it? Eh? That no, doesn't it matter. Doesn't. It left it open it's... for a number two if they ever decide to. <laughs> you know, you talking about this film and number two, yeah. I think that's pretty suitable, to be it, honest. It does, doesn't it? It sort of comes together quite <laughs> nicely. To be yeah, honest. this film is a yeah. number two. But. <laughs> <laughs> that is I Am Raph 2016. Again, it's on the Amazon Prime. Um, should you want to watch it and then listen to our review to see if you agree. But I mean, Neil, it's going to be tricky. That, what were your best bits, worst bits? How would you score this? And would you recommend it to someone? Oh, now that's where in a conundrum comes in, because this is a poor film. Um but it's saved in parts. So I'd recommend it just to one, actually look at John Travolta's hair because it's yeah. unbelievable and it has to be seen. Um, and the chemistry between Christopher Maloney and John Travolta during those scenes, Christopher Maloney saves this film massively. If it, if he wasn't in it, this would be deadpan don't watch it it's terrible but i'd say if you if you're after an action film that you can guess what's going to happen and just sit there and not think about stuff for an hour and a half crack on because there are elements within it that are actually quite good i couldn't score this any more than a two and that's me being generous to be honest because there are there are some good scenes in it you know the, the writing's poor, the acting for the most part is poor, and there's some really awful decisions. I think the worst bit about this film are the writing, the decisions that were made uh, in relation to, you know, how John Travolta reacts around the cops 
just letting the guy go and not really do anything. The, the horrendousness yeah. of the Bible falling open on that passage and the, his daughter deciding to try and take on two, you know, horrible gang members and this poor girl getting killed and nothing yeah. sort of comes back with it. But, you know, the best bit is definitely Christopher Maloney. His acting in this, in a poor film, is brilliant. His character is fantastic and he, he should get a pat on the back for saving for saving it. Yeah, I mean, all I can do is echo what you've said with regards to everything, to be honest. It's it's his hair, his face, Travolta, is so freakishly strange that it's compulsive viewing. <laughs> and can it get any stranger? And Maloney saves it. He's entertaining. It's He's a breath of fresh air in this film when it gets really dire and tropey. Yeah. Um, I'd recommend this film to, to someone like my mum. And the reason why I say that is because... <laughs> Uh, I love her to bits. And I, I do love you, Mum. If you ever listen to these podcasts, I love you to bits. And I mean this as a compliment because you watch She watches films like Jason Statham films and she's mildly entertained and she has got a crush on Jason Statham and bless her heart. Um, if it makes her happy, that's what I'm all about. And I think she'd happily watch this film without criticising it too much of being a stupid film and she'd take it for the no-brainer and enjoy it. But right. for someone who enjoys their films, I'd recommend this with a caveat uh, and with like a warning of, please don't take this too serious. I'm not recommending this as a good film. I'm recommending this as a bit of entertainment. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So, but I'd score this too. Yeah. Yeah. So we're agreed on that. It is very much a sit down, put it on and try not to think about it. Isn't it? Yes. Take it, take it for what it is. Because yeah, play with your phone, do whatever. Yeah, and it, you can take it in. It's one of those sad films in the sense that they've tried to make this serious and and like gripping, and it's the complete opposite. Um, yeah, totally, totally. Which so, is a shame, but there you go. There you go, exactly. And we will be back um, with uh, Hawkeye. We're back with episode three called Echoes. And uh, if you haven't already, check out YouTube channel. Check out um, on the audio podcast as well. We've got one and two in one extra special podcast. So the next one's called Echoes, and it's after escaping a new threat. Glenn and Karen join forces against an expanding criminal conspiracy. I've watched this one already, have you? and it'll be a, we'll have an interesting discussion. Honestly, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it tomorrow. Have you seen then. this already? No, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. And then we can chat about it at the weekend. And yeah, I'll be interested. It sounds like you're quite excited. So I'm going to be excited excited by it. Because I think we're going to have a difference of opinion on this one. Okay. Yeah, I think it'll be quite entertaining. So even if you're not a Marvel fan, just check out this, uh, this series, this podcast. I mean, it's not really heavily into Marvel. Um, It's more of an action adventure thing for kids at Christmas. So there's something for everyone to enjoy but um we've not decided what we're going to do next week yet we will do and um i'll try and put it out on social media i've been really crap lately but there definitely will be something next week um i can promise you that and i can promise that me and neil will be there as well so excellent stuff thanks guys for listening i hope you've enjoyed this go to the youtube channel click on subscribe and we'll be back next week you take care